2: You are Locked On Packers,
3: is your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, it is time. your team it is time. every day.
1: You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. You can follow me on Twitter at peter underscore bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode of zao You Doing is brought to you by. Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. As I said, Lily Zhao from Fox 6 in Milwaukee is going to be here today to talk Packers-Titans with the chance to move one step closer to that NFC number one seed. As I mentioned on the show yesterday, I mentioned on Twitter, we are doing a golf ball giveaway right now. Leave a review, a five-star review, uh, and uh, send it to me on on Twitter or on Instagram or Facebook or or on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, 920-341-3775. We will announce winners of those contests next week, and we'll be sending those balls out. In the new year, so get in on that. Before we get to that discussion with Lily, though, uh, I I want to start in a place that I don't know if it will get the same sort of run uh, this week because the focus on the Packers, at least from Packer fans, to my eyes, is on the defense. And what they are going to be able to do to stop Derrick Henry, or not do. Or what they're going to be able to do to stop A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, John Smith, Ryan Tannehill. But I think a little more importantly, we have to talk about this Packers offense. Because their performance over the last two months has been somewhat uneven. And that's remarkable to say. For a team that has gone over 30 points five times in its last seven games. Uh, they only scored 24 against the Panthers. They only scored 24 against the Jaguars. And in some ways only, I'm putting only in major scare quotes, only scoring 30 against the Eagles and 31 against the Lions. Felt, at least watching those games, like a little bit of a disappointment. They were not as crisp In terms of the quality of the opponent as they could have been. And when you look at those opponents. Detroit, 32nd in defensive DVOA. Jacksonville, 31st by defensive DVOA. Carolina, 27th by defensive DVOA. And the Titans are no different. They are 28th. Now, they are 30th in passing defense. 16th against the run. So, if they want to say hey, Aaron Rodgers, you're going to have to beat us because Aaron Jones won't do it. They're a solid run defense. They're an okay run defense. They're an average run defense. They're a very bad passing defense. But you look at what they did to the Detroit Lions just a week ago and compare it to what the Packers did. Yeah, the Packers score 31. The Titans go out and they hang 46 On the Lions. Pretty big difference. Now they only put up 20 against Carolina. Olymp only put up 34 against Chicago. Uh, This is a team that can score. Their, Their offense is certainly comparable to what Green Bay is capable of doing. This Packers offense was the biggest reason that they had issues with the Jaguars. This Packers offense was the biggest issue when they lost to the Colts, turning the ball over four times. And this offense was the biggest issue last week when they could not complete what should have been an impressive and dominating victory when the defense really played well over the course of the game. The Packers have to find answers to when teams are able to take away Devontae Adams or at least try and focus on taking away Devontae Adams. They have to stay patient. When a team invites them to run the ball, I don't think Tennessee is going to invite them to run the ball, but if they do, Green Bay has to be patient enough to actually do it. The one pass rusher who can actually make things happen on this team is Jeffrey Simmons. He's on the interior that right now there is a chance that a Corey Lindsley could play this week. He was back at practice on Tuesday. Um, they're practicing a little bit different this week on the Christmas schedule. So uh, we we have an early glimpse. There could be good news. Jeffrey Simmons is someone who could, like Derek Brown did against the Packers as a Panther, disrupt a lot of what your game plan is. On the edges, they just don't have the horses. Jack Crawford is not a very good pass rusher, and Harold Landry is a flash pass rusher. He can he can look really good one snap, and then you forget he's out there for two or three quarters. And the linebackers are not particularly special in terms of their ability to impact the game down to down. And the cornerbacks are, you know, they're they're okay. Uh, Malcolm Butler has not been as good as he was in New England for his best seasons. Desmond King has not been as good as he was when he was one of the best slot cornerbacks in football. With the Chargers, Adoree Jackson has never really lived up to what he was as a first-round pick, and Christian Fulton as a second-round pick is someone who has a lot of promise, but he's a rookie corner. This is a secondary. Even with Kevin Byard, who is a ball-hawking safety, and Kenny Vaccaro, who is a veteran safety, this is a secondary you can take advantage of. It's a group of linebackers that, in coverage, you can take advantage of. This could be a game where you know Big Bob Tunyon does some, some good things for your team, as he has all year, and yes, absolutely, he deserved to be a Pro Bowl player, especially in the NFC, especially over Evan Ingram. But this is a game where you know your defense is going to have its hands full. So can you go win a shootout? And Green Bay against the Colts, you know, they were in good position late in that game to do it. They got the ball in overtime. You know, they marched the ball down the field and get the game-tying field goal. Now, they were not able to get what would have been the game-winning touchdown on that drive. They ran out of time but they did march the ball down the field, played really well against a good Colts defense. So, we know that they can do this against a quality defense. What they need to be able to do is do this against a bad defense. And, you know, you're going to have Packer fans who come out and say, "Oh, well, it, th- that team sucks, so it's not impressive that they score 30." No, it's hard to score 30. I mean, if this week has has taught us anything, The Steelers lose to the Bengals. The Rams lose to the Jets. The Seahawks struggle with Washington. The Packers have their hands full with with Carolina. It is hard to win week to week in this league. And a good team proves it's a good team, not just with beating good teams. And this would be, I think, the best win of the season, all things considered. That Saints team, you know, that was obviously um, a, a good Saints team. They're not the Saints team that they were in the middle of the season when they were this terrific defense and a balanced offense in the same way. And I know they didn't have Michael Thomas. The Packers didn't have Devontae Adams. You call that a wash. Well, New Orleans defense after that game really took off. And that just was not the version of the Saints that the the Packers were getting. And part of that is, you know, look, the Packers offense can, can make a defense look that way. If you beat the Titans... That becomes maybe not your signature win of the season, but it becomes one of your best wins of the season. And I don't think the Packers are in the business of saying, oh, it's a moral victory. If you look good and play well against this team or there's some added bonus, I don't think they're going to feel down on themselves. If they lose this game, they can always you know, turn around after and say, well, we didn't really need it. It's not a game we really needed to win. And that's true in the NFC to get the number one seed. They do not need to win this game. But I I think in terms of creating some some better continuity, you come off a game where your offense punts the ball five straight times in the middle of the game against a bad defense. You want to come out and you want to have a positive performance. You want to shake that off. You want to say, look, that's not who we are. It's not indicative of what we're capable of being or, or doing. And so here is that thing. Here's a 10-catch, 145-yard performance with two touchdowns from Devontae Adams. Here's an opportunity to get Marquez Valdez scaling deep down the field. Here's an opportunity for Alan Lazard to come through as that reliable down-to-down secondary receiver. And here's that chance maybe for A.J. Dillon to show, hey, December really is made for Quadzilla. Because Jamal Williams is is not 100%, may not play in this game. We know Aaron Jones is going to get plenty of touches. Can A.J. Dillon be a factor there as well? This is going to be a playoff-type atmosphere. The Titans are fighting for playoff position. For them, every win counts. They can't afford to drop a win even against an NFC opponent. They're still fighting for the division. They're still fighting for playoff seating. So this game is going to matter. They want to win, and and Green Bay is going to want to win too. The best way for Green Bay to do that, the biggest advantage they have is their offense against this Titans defense. And frankly, it is the biggest advantage in the game, in part because Green Bay's defense has played better than it had early in the season. But this Packers offense is elite. It is top three along with the Titans, and, and this Titans defense is worse and has been worse all year than Green Bay's. So it is the biggest mismatch in this contest. If you are a Super Bowl team, if you are the real deal, then you not only go out and hang 30, maybe you go out and hang 40 on this team because that is what is required of you. Because they know they're going to need to score. So in a game where you know you're going to need to score and you know you're going to need to go swing for swing with another elite puncher, do you have enough in the arsenal? Do you have enough combinations, enough punches to get that knockout blow to prove that you are a heavyweight? We'll see on Sunday night. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They've added even more delicious flavors to their lineup. Flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, carrot cake, to buttress, German chocolate, peanut butter, mint brownie, salted caramel, all of these great flavors that they already have ready to go. They're all covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew and they're all Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber right now. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. There's so much to bet on right now. The NBA season is upon us. College football with the bowl games all over the place. And of course, we've got Week 16, week 17, and then the NFL playoffs. Nothing is more fun to bet on than the NFL playoffs. And right now, our Locked On listeners can get a 50% welcome bonus. Sign up at betonline.ag, and they will match your first deposit up to 50%. With the promo code locked to visit our good friends and exclusive sponsor at BetOnline AG to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and use the promo code locked on for your sign up bonus. It is our week 16 edition of everyone's favorite game show. Lily Zhao from Fox 6 is here to answer the proverbial question Zai, How you doing?
2: Peter, how you doing? I'm doing great. And again, I love that everyone is using now. Zao was like a verb adjective, whatever. Right.
1: I love it. It's I've seen it on Twitter so much. Uh, you you get it uh, more than I do, which is great. Uh, I love that that this has caught on and how it's just become a thing that people say and do and tweet.
2: Well, all credit to the great Peter, because I don't I definitely did not <laughs> that.
1: <laughs> well, I would say first um all credit to the great Joey from Friends.
2: Oh, good point. Oh, I forgot about Joey. I'm sorry, Matt Leblanc. I love that show. Yeah, all credit <laughs> to Joey.
1: All <laughs> All right, speaking of credit, uh the the Pro Bowl voting was announced the the rosters came out yesterday. Uh do you care?
3: You
2: know, I feel like every year it's, it's like, oh, it's the Pro Bowl. It's cool. Obviously, it's a great honor for the guys that get in. But, you know, I think every year it's like a – it brings about a sort of um, conversation of the guys who didn't get in. And I know this year it was, you know, Robert Tunyon. And he, of course, he would – obviously should be in the Pro Bowl but didn't get in. Evan Ingram did from the Giants. And that was a whole discussion I know people were having on social media. And I was like, rightfully so because obviously his stats are far beyond – Evans. I'm not saying Evan isn't deserving, but of course Tanyan should have been in. Um, I know Corey Lindsley didn't get in. David Bakhtiari was, of course, campaigning for him. Um, but you know what? It was great to see guys like an Aaron Jones, a Zedaria Smith, the guys who were "quote unquote" snub last year, and then of course Jair Alexander, who's been talking about being um, in the Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl for a while. He got in it as well. And El- Elton Jenkins. I mean, you couldn't have you like Elton should have made it, and I'm glad he did because that kid is a, a superstar. So.
1: Yeah, usually you get recognized a year too late, yeah. and and often you get recognized a year beyond when you should. Sometimes more, and it was cool. I thought the Alan Jenkins one was the one that stood out to me because number one, offensive linemen never get the credit they deserve, and for him, you know, I do think the fact that Corey Lindsley has been hurt part of the year has is one of the reasons why he got so many votes because his ability to play every position on the offensive line has been huge for this team it is a bummer though for Corey. i thought it was funny david bakhtiari mentioned that he hopes he gets all pro and that that's a position that that bakhtiari knows well
2: <laughs> well you know i will say those so i was chatting with john Kuhn yesterday and i i asked him what his thoughts were on the pro bowl and he was like um I, I think you just it's like you get snubbed and then you get in the next year and he was like that was the same for me in my career in green bay so, you know, I fully expect to see a Corey Lindsley, a Robert Tunyon um, in the Pro Bowl next year, because um, like you mentioned, yeah, you always get recognized a year too late. So hopefully that's the case for these guys next year so they can tack that on to all their other honors that they have.
1: <laughs> well, and let's be honest, they don't they don't want to play no, they don't. because they want to be too busy to be to be playing, which means they're in the Super Bowl. And, and I think, you know, there's a, a good case for that. By the way, John Kuhn, a three time pro bowler and yes. a two time all pro.
2: There, yeah. So
1: he was sort of like the token fullback because no one knew any other fullbacks except John Kuhn. <laughs> so he would always get in. Now he was, he was totally deserving um, especially in 11 and 14. Uh, he was, he was awesome both those seasons and it, especially in 11, they couldn't run the ball. And and there were times when they, their running game was Aaron Rodgers in the shotgun and either he would run or he would hand to John Kuhn. And that was the only way that they could generate offense. Speaking of this running game, we know that Derrick Henry is uh starring in uh Nightmare on Elm Street in the in the dreams of a lot of Packer fans this week. When you look at what this Titans offense can be and and what they do, is th- is that what you think the focus should be? Stop Derrick Henry first and foremost, or do you think Mike Patton is just going to stick to Hey, we're gonna we're gonna play our game. We're gonna play two deep safeties, and we're not gonna let the passing game beat us. If you want to let Derrick Henry get six yards of carry, you know, have at it.
3: it. It's a tough go because it could go one of either ways. It's if if they, I, I, you know, I think it's gonna be one with the corners of Green Bay. Like they're gonna have to keep pace with an AJ Brown or Corey Davis, and don't let those guys get off. Um, especially yep. if, you know, everyone in the front seven is trying to key in on Derrick. Henry, because the last thing you want is that Vikings game where like Dalvin Cook just basically just ran it down their throats, scored what, like four touchdowns that game? Like that's what you don't want to see from Derrick Henry. But then on the other side, if you just commit too many people to him, then you're kind of leaving those outside weapons available for Ryan Tannehill. It's not to say that their offense is just Derrick Henry, because of course he's a huge part of it. But if you take him out and you let everybody else kind of get those big chunk yards in the the secondary, like you're going to lose, you could lose that way as well. So this is a good game. It's a good test for the Packers to see where they're at because I know we talked about it last week. It's you know like this can this team can't have an offensive lull, um, especially in the playoffs. But against a team like the Titans, who have overtaken the Packers in terms of you know the top scoring offense, this team can score.
2: So this Packers offense can't get into a lull. But it's kind of can they keep this team in the 20s per se? And then how are they going to do that? Is it going to be stopping Derrick Henry? Or those outside weapons. So I'm glad I'm not Mike Patton, that's.
3: Not <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad
1: I'm not Mike Patton most of the time because he's got a difficult job. Coaching is really hard in the NFL and I do not envy any of those guys. They work impossibly hard and a lot of times it is fruitless. Anyway, <laughs> when you look at what, what the Packers were able to do against Carolina, do you think, you know, you talked about the offensive lull. Do you think it's possible that they just needed a game or need a game now where they know they need to play truly all gas, no break? It can't be this, you know, a marginal amount of gas and uh, alternating with the break kind of approach that we've seen at times in in some of these games where the offense has sputtered.
3: I do, because this is the time where you're going to have to play some playoff football. And I think against the Titans, say you're up, you know, maybe 21-10, whatever and then you get into a lull, this team can score. And then the last thing you want to do is try to come back, and then they have Derrick Henry just pound the ball and your you know, your defense is on the field for eight, nine minutes a chunk, and then your offense isn't out there scoring. So the last thing you want to do is, if you can put a couple touchdowns up there, take a break for a quarter. Um, it's not going to work against the Titans. It's not going to work in the playoffs. So it's one of those games where you know Aaron Rodgers has talked about consistent winning football, and that's playing all four quarters, and this offense – should, of course, be all gas, no bricks on on Sunday night because if they take their foot off the gas, this Titans team can easily come back. So, you know, they, they want to have a good a good test. I think it's going to be a, a great game against the Titans. Uh, but like you said, it, it's, it's going to have to be all full go, and hopefully this team can, you know, put up some points in each quarter.
1: So the weird thing about this is after the Saints lost to the Chiefs, they don't need this game. They don't need to beat. The, the Tennessee Titans to get the number one seed. All they need to do is beat the Chicago Bears because of the way this all shakes out. And yet it feels like they need to at least play really well in this game, if not win it. Players are, are motivated by different things than fans and, and media are. Uh, do, do you feel like this is a game where if Green Bay doesn't play well, it could shake their confidence a little bit, even if it is the case that they could go out, beat the bears and still be the one seat.
2: I do because the last thing you want, you know, going in the, into the playoffs is a kind of a malaise, I guess you want to head in, into the playoffs, um, with a bunch of confidence. And I feel like if this team comes out and plays to their ability, doesn't step on their own feet and, you know, can find ways to get out of a lull if there is one per se, and if you know, the defense and special teams holds their own as well. It's going, to give them, it's going to give them a huge confidence boost as they head into the playoffs. And that's exactly what you want. You don't want this team to be like, oh, you know, like we don't need to win it. So we're not going to play our best and then we're going to lose. And then, you know, maybe now it's kind of like, oh, can we beat the Bears? Which they should. But um, yeah, you want this team just full speed ahead into the playoffs, proving you're the top seed and the NFC, and rightfully so, because, of course, people are going to be like, oh, the Packers haven't played a winning team, they play a very weak competition, they're going to get blown out, yada, 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 we've all heard the naysayers. So it's you want this team coming in full speed, and you want them coming in playing really good football.
1: So we had Stacey Dales, your pal, on the show yesterday, and she said that she really liked this team was – uh, talk, talking openly about wanting to be the number one seed. And, and usually we get the cliched answers, right? I mean, you've you've talked to players and coaches and they're, oh, we're just looking at this week, one game at a time. We just want to go 1-0. and But the Packers are going, yeah, we want to go 1-0 and every week so that we can be the number one seed. We want to be the number one seed. Are you at all concerned that that they are looking ahead and thinking about this number one seed and not focused, you know, in the moment on winning a game?
3: You know, I think that's I think that's the case we don't want to have happen and you have to believe that when you know Devonte Adams is saying we know what's at stake if we win like we know what's out there for us but you know we can't look too far ahead we have to go week by week you have to believe that that's going to be true um because yeah if, if they look ahead you know worst case scenario they drop two then they're not in it so yes I, I do think that they're obviously very aware but I don't think they're going to be looking ahead because Tennessee is not a team that you can look ahead on Um, you know, they're a team that could score at will, and it's going to be a good test because they need some good competition down the stretch. So you want to see them come fired up again. They're at home. You know, this is their last regular season home game. They want to show out. So while I I do believe they know what's at stake, they kind of know this game might not matter in the grand scheme of things, but I don't think that's going to prevent them from playing well and wanting to show out in, in prime time that they can beat this team and hopefully beat them convincingly.
1: So, I know this is getting ahead of ourselves, but if you were Malafleur and the Packers win on Sunday and the Rams win and week 17 doesn't matter, how are you handling the starters? How are you handling the starting quarterback situation in week 17?
3: That's a good question. Have we had this scenario in a while? <laughs> I'm like
1: the, the Packers haven't. They they uh they have needed these games late in the year and Aaron Rodgers in 2011 sat, Matt Flynn was awesome and they were one and done. And and so Aaron Rodgers has hinted over the years, "Hey, I don't I don't like sitting. I don't want to sit week 17." Um I, I I I struggle with it. I have to be honest. I don't I don't know where I stand on it. I, I kind of want them to play a half and and then put the other guys in, but at the same time, I sort of want Jordan Love to get a week's worth of prep too. I I don't know. It's hard. It's hard for me.
3: Yeah, me too. Because I'm like you know, obviously if they're getting that number one seed. They're going to be off for two weeks if they don't play um, week seventeen. So then it's like okay, you're coming in off of two weeks rest, which should be good. But then you know I, they want to keep playing. They want to have that continuity. So I know I, I do agree with you though. If if week seventeen is somewhere something where they can sit the starters after the after half and get you know either Tim Boyle or Jordan Love some reps, I think they should do it. But you know if this is comes down to they have to win it, like obviously Aaron Rodgers and Devonte are going to be playing. But um, I, I just don't see Lafleur sitting his starters the entire game. I just don't see it happening because I feel like Rodgers and Devonte and Aaron Jones like they're going to want to play. Um, And it's against Chicago, you know, like they're going to want to be like, you know, it's the Bears. We want to play well again. So maybe sit a half, but I don't see them sitting the entire game.
1: What's interesting is if you go back to 2010, the last time the Packers won a Super Bowl in week 17, they had a home game against the Chicago Bears. They could win and get in. The Bears were already locked up. They played their starters Didn't explicitly say we're not trying to win. They said they were trying to win, but played really poorly. The Packers won, got into the playoffs, ended up beating them in the NFC Championship game in Chicago and winning the Super Bowl. So if you don't think Aaron Rodgers remembers that too, uh, then, then you are kidding yourself. He would 100% want to play. It would have to be a, a question of Matt LaFleur. And, and we just don't know. We haven't seen LaFleur in a situation like that. I, my my suspicion is you're right. He would want to play his guys. He's too competitive. Uh, I think Rodgers is too competitive. They would want to play at least a half. And you know, you look at what happened in the first half of the first matchup. That might be all you need to play anyway.
3: Right. And then I know it's going to be – You know, I, I think it's going to be a good – Litmus test, though, for Bears fans as well, because in the last two weeks, Trubisky has played much better. Considering they Sign
1: him. Long-term deal. Lock him up, guys.
3: <laughs> so, you know, I, I still think it'll
2: be a fun game, though. It's it's always, you know, Packers-Bears. It's, it's not a game where you can just take off and expect to blow them out every game. But I know for Packers fans, it's fun to see. But, uh, yeah, with the resurgence of Mitch Trubisky, I'm like, hey, maybe we'll have a game at half. I'm not saying we will. But maybe, Um, but again, yeah, I do agree with you. I just, I feel like the starters will play. Hopefully it's for a half and maybe three quarters or something, but we'll see those guys on, on Sunday uh, in two weeks.
1: The most dangerous phrase in Chicago right now is a resurgent Mitch Trubisky. (laughs) Uh, Lily, this can be an awesome game on Sunday. I can't wait uh, for you to come back next week and we can talk about it. And who knows, maybe the number one seed will be all wrapped up by then. All right, I want to thank Lily again for joining the show. Great to talk to her. And we will have our crossover Thursday. Tomorrow it will be our last show of the week. I hope everyone has a great Christmas Eve. And uh, we will, of course, talk to you tomorrow. Have a great holiday. Enjoy the game. And we'll be back at it again on Monday. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920. 920- to stay Locked on Packers.